Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tiantian. Batteries are on the table today, and no, we're not talking about your AAA batteries here. Rather, we're going to be talking about lithium-ion phosphate batteries that can be used to power electric vehicles, as well as battery packs and grids that can be used to power factories, data centers, and communities. Now, on that note, a Michigan startup called our next energy is aiming to double the range of EVs with such battery solutions. It's also aiming to do so in a more sustainable way by using materials that are abundant in supply and available locally. But how does it actually work and how is the startup transforming the battery market? Also, how is it tapping the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act and its production plans? Now, the company also recently announced that it closed a massive 300 million US dollars Series B with Singapore's domestic being one of its investors. So what is the company doing with the money right now? Well, for more, let's speak to Mujib Ijaz, CEO and founder of All Next Energy. Well, Mujib, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me and uh, glad to talk. And uh, Mujib, to get us started, I understand All Next Energy is an energy storage tech company focused on engineering batteries and in particular, this uh, lithium iron phosphate or LFP batteries for use in trucks and boats. But I'm sure the business includes way more than just that. So um, what would be the best way to explain your business model and the products and services you provide? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, we're here to help accelerate the electrification of not only the transportation market, but also the utility scale storage market. And at the foundation of any effort to do that, we have to find low cost, abundant and safe materials that are easily sourceable from any region in the world. Because if we get stuck with a material that is hard to get, very expensive or not safe, then it can actually retard the market from accelerating its adoption of these battery technologies. So we're focused on iron phosphate, and then we have other chemistry initiatives that are focused on manganese as the two main materials in our battery technologies that are very abundant and low cost. So it is both the battery itself as well as uh, battery packs and grids, uh, energy storage solutions as well. So both of them, uh, the cells and the bigger storage ones, yeah? That's right. Uh, so Mujib, uh, take us through what is the current scale of Onyx Energy? Where are your production facilities located and how do you position yourself in the battery market? Yeah, so we are located in southeast Michigan near Metro Detroit. Uh, we are launching a battery pack for the commercial delivery market. That means uh, like class three through class six trucking, as well as some buses. We have nine customers signed for these products, including a new utility customer that's working with us on stationary storage using that same battery pack. That battery pack is at a scale of two gigawatt hours that will be produced in a factory that we have launched and that we are currently producing the initial production samples, it'll go into full production at the end of March. Who would you say are your main customers at this point in time? So we've announced three partnerships, but not all nine. So I can tell you the three are Motive Power Systems. They're a California-based company that's making a class three delivery product. We've announced Bollinger Motors, another company that's uh, delivering uh, products and having a product uh, uh, in the class three through six segment. And then finally, a joint development agreement with BMW to start our development effort around automotive batteries, 
very specifically to demonstrate a new technology that one has developed that will power a SUV 600 miles or nearly a thousand kilometers on a single charge. And that's one of our advanced research projects, which uses lithium iron phosphate for everyday driving and a manganese-based cell for range extension. That effort to go 600 miles on a single charge will be our first entry into the automotive market. Right. And so, Mujib, let's talk about the wider business environment uh, the company lines in. How is the company transforming the battery market? And what would you say is the number one trend affecting the market right now? How does it affect yourself in terms of your product offerings and your positioning? Yes, I think that uh, we are affecting the trend a little bit in what we've done. Um, The traditional chemistries for all electric vehicles, almost every single electric car in the United States today is powered by a nickel cobalt chemistry. The reason for that is that nickel cobalt chemistries have been the only way that automotive companies could get to 500 kilometers of range. As we look to try to push that up, we decided not to use nickel cobalt chemistries, but rather rely on iron, which is much cheaper. And then through innovations at a system level, offer a dual battery for range extension. We think we're creating a trend. First trend is moving away from nickel cobalt because of the cost and safety implications of that chemistry, but also the the unsustainable nature of the constrained supply chain. What that means is you can't get the cobalt materials at the kind of scale that the whole automotive market is going to need it. So we're helping to avoid that, but not sacrificing the main attribute, which is range. And that's a trend of going after lithium iron phosphate that I believe Our Next Energy pioneered two and a half years ago when we started this company. Right, exciting indeed. And well, uh, on that note, our next energy, you guys recently announced that you have closed a massive 300 million US dollars Series B round. Uh, that puts the company at a value of 1.2 billion US dollars post money. And back then, uh, the company did say that the money will be used in part to get your Gigafactory, which is worth 1.6 billion US dollars, up and running. What's the status right now? That's right. So what I mentioned earlier of having a two gigawatt hour line was only a pack factory to begin with. We're now transitioning at the end of next year to have a matching two gigawatt hour cell factory. So what we're using that investment for in part to fund the equipment for that factory, along with a $220 million grant from the state of Michigan. So as we are now leveraging that grant and we're pairing that with our equity investment, we're making the investments to launch a two gigawatt hour cell factory also located in Southeast Michigan. Well, and a very quick one here, Mujib, what is the main difference between a pack and a cell for our listeners who may not be that familiar with the battery market? That's right. So the, the collection of many cells to make a high voltage battery into a battery pack for an automobile is basically a process where you manufacture a single unit element, think of that as your uh, cell that you could hold in your hand, but then you put a hundred or 500 or a thousand, depending on their size, together into a box that's then considered an automotive battery pack. And then that goes into the vehicle and powers the vehicle hundreds of miles or hundreds of kilometers of range. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Mujib Ijaz, CEO and founder of Onyx Energy. And uh, Mujib, 
tell us more about your investor base for this massive Series B investment. I understand Temasek in Singapore has a stake as well. So what strategic value are you looking out for in your newest pool of investors? That's right. So Temasek is one of our valued investors. Along with Temasek, we had two organizations lead the 300 million Series B, Fifth Wall, which is focused on uh, buildings and stationary power and uh, renewable energy for those buildings. Uh, they focused on our company's stationary power business. And then also the group Franklin Templeton, which is known for its investments in helping to scale companies and to create the large uh, financing necessary to grow factories. Those two organizations with Tomasic were also joined by Co2 and Riverstone. And then Breakthrough Energy Ventures and BMWI Ventures also joined in this round. Right. And Mujib, um, let's go back to that gigafactory that we were talking about earlier on. What do you think are the risks involved in building lithium-ion phosphate battery factories uh, in the U.S., given that, as far as I understand, most of the production today happens in China? Yeah, most of the production does happen in China, but most of the early invention happened in the United States, and there's quite a lot of know-how. Um, I was part of a company that made the first U.S. factory that produced batteries that were lithium iron phosphate here in Michigan, going all the way back to 2008. And I think that from the standpoint of know-how and being able to lift off factories for both materials, as well as the scale up of cell factories and then pack factories, that we have the capability and the team know-how to do that. Now, supply chain requires time, investment, and scale. In order to get to profitability, we need basically the scale to go along with it. Well, the Inflation Reduction Act has been a U.S. effort to level the playing field that gives us some advantage while we're at lower volume to then get to the scale of being high volume. And so that gives us the bridge that we need to climb from early days of startup into then first factories and then into finally large scale manufacturing. And we believe mm -hmm. that time frame that the Inflation Reduction Act is benefiting us will be enough time for us to reach the same scale that's uh, accomplished in other parts of the world, including Asia. Mm, so how are you taking advantage of that Inflation Reduction Act in terms of whether it's subsidies and et cetera? Anything that you can share with us at this point? Well, I think where customers might have debated carefully whether they should depend on a U.S. company that's just getting started or whether to keep a traditional supply chain in Asia, they're now making the choice to either dual source or double down and bet on U.S. companies because that's where the economic advantage is for supply chain. And so we've benefited quite a bit. I would say that our business has more than doubled since October of last year when the announcement was, had just been made and that the company started thinking about what they needed to do to sort of adjust their plans. I don't think it's healthy for any company to depend solely on a government-financed uh, incentive program to exist. However, as I said, it's a bridge. It helps you go from low volume and startup into mass scale production. And in that time frame, we then have the capability to get to a globally competitive position with North American supply chain. Right. And before we let you go, Mujib, we do want to find out your future plans for our next energy. Any IPO plans on the horizon for now? Well, we certainly do eventually see ourselves in the public market. So we are uh, carefully thinking about that. Uh, we are going to uh, methodically establish a production volume of both pack and sell, margin, the capability to predict our financial forecasting, and make sure that we're running a healthy business in margin and also customer base before we go public. 
So I consider it to be very important to take a careful measure when we go public to make sure the company can report its future forecast with confidence and also have a steadily growing market share. Uh, in that context, I think it's years away. We're not trying to rush that. We've had many offers to try to rush that, and we don't want to do that. I've seen actually that that can deter a business from growing yeah. a foundation in the right way. I tell my team that we're pouring a foundation in stages, but we need time for it to cure before we can pour the next level. If we pour yeah. it all at the same time, it doesn't create a strong foundation. And so in the context of that, we're years away and we will go public eventually, but we're going to decide that in a future date when we have more established revenue and margin. Well, thanks very much, Mujib, and also for taking this interview all the way from the US. That was Mujib Iges, CEO and founder of Onyx Energy. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be with you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.